Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we are in, in the podcast studio, uh, episode two of Hey Football Head. Welcome in, listeners. Uh, you know the show if you've listened to episode one. My name is Max. I'm uh, always joined every week with my two great co-hosts, Mr. Alex McCauley. Hello, hello. And, of course, our draft expert, all-man NFL man, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Morgan Chun. Thank you, thank you. Very all, excited to be all part NFL, of this. All NFL, first team podcaster. Yeah, right. Yeah. First team podcaster. All, all team, or first team chatter network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a job in an NFL front office. <laughs> hey, this could be a stepping stone to that. <laughs> uh, because on this show, Hey Football Head, we are going over the NFL offseason. Uh, we're going to be looking at the NFL draft. Uh, and just kind of all things happening in the NFL right now. Uh, August cannot come soon enough uh, to, to get the pads on and get back on the gridiron. We're a month and nine days away from the draft. A month and nine days from the draft. That's And that's a huge countdown for you. I'm very excited. Hell yeah, man. Um, all right, today on, on episode two, we are going to first look at the free agency aftermath. Free agency started last Wednesday. Yes, uh, last Wednesday was official, the new league year starts, and then Monday and Tuesday was the legal tampering period, (laughs) quote-unquote. The legal tampering period? Yeah, where teams can't meet with the players, but they can talk to their agents and make offers with money, but there's no, I guess, in-person meetings. Hmm. That's interesting. Especially in a year like this, where you can imagine that most of this stuff's going to happen over over Zoom, Zoom or literally maybe even in... A player's DMs or something like that. Like I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm serious. Just email exchange or something. Hmm. Uh, who are some of the uh, the winners? Uh, because we've had a really, really active free agency. At least one that I that felt more active than than years past. Well, even going back and listening to our first episode, I think we forecasted a lot. I mean, Morgan had the spreadsheet of like 30 players deep. There was still so much activity, and when I went back and listened, I was like, we're going to have a lot to touch on here. Yeah, there was, I think, over 120 players signed in the last week. Wow. And still, I mean, we'll get there, but tons of players still unsigned that it, you would expect to be on teams. Absolutely. Guys who you think could make a, at least an impact, maybe not necessarily a, a Super Bowl deciding difference, but no. an impact. Mm-hmm. So the first winner I have is New England Patriots, obviously. They've spent $200 million in the last week alone just signing players. They signed players like Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry trying to go back to the Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski days. They Which, got sh- I mean, listen, John U and H- Henry are no slums, but no. there's no way they're going to be able to replicate Gronk and Hernandez, right? I think Hunter will try and fit the Gronk role. Johnny Smith, I could see as a good Aaron Hernandez replacement. Well, think about, we already talked about Johnny. He didn't exactly have the yards and the receptions last year, but eight touchdowns. That's basically what Hernandez did to mm-hmm. when he was on the Patriots was all of a sudden you look up at the end of the season and he has six trips to, into the end zone. And I could see that being the same case this year. And also on the receiver help, they added Kendrick Bourne and, uh, Who's the other guy? Nelson Aguilar. Yep. Uh, Aguilar, somebody who can kind of take the top off of defense. Kendrick Bourne, more of a possession guy. But two, two uh, I would say, new 
you know, they've been in the league for a little while, but still two new weapons to a Belichick system that hasn't had a guy like guys like that in a couple of years. You just think kind of of the Edelmans of the world and nothing against those guys, but Aguilar seems like such a good fit for the Patriots. Like he seems like someone who should have been a Patriot for the past 10 years. Probably. And then on the defense side, they added Judon though, and they traded for, or no, they signed Kyle Vannoy back from Miami after a one-year deal with them. Which is a classic Patriot move. Definitely. And then you got Jalen Mills here too. Don't forget about the green hair. Oh yeah, Green Goblin. He's moving over from Philadelphia to New England. He's a good corner and even he plays safety for the Philly last year. Junon will be the real interesting guy here, I think, though, because uh, when the Ravens let somebody go, they're usually pretty good. Kind of like how the Patriots have been considered in the past of letting someone go the year before their prime or right as their mm-hmm. prime is about to end. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see if Judon, if they can scheme him into a role to where he can get consistent pressure on the quarterback Especially if he can line up now against Van Noy. I know he's technically a linebacker, but he edge rushes most of the time. The Judon move kind of reminds me of an old, old name, Adelius Thomas. And he moved over from Baltimore to New England and was kind of the star of their team on defense for a good two or three years in their Super Bowl runs. Uh, And also, Dante Hightower is supposed to be coming back this year. He's coming back. Uh, Patrick Chung, uh, who played last year, he just retired, though. So they're still missing some players on defense. And then uh, the other winner I have is New York Giants. They made some big moves, especially yesterday, signing Kenny Galladay. They tagged Leonard Williams, then came to an agreement with him on a deal, and they signed Kyle Rudolph and John Ross. Yeah, it's scary to think about uh, all the weapons, basically, that Daniel Jones has now. You hope it doesn't overwhelm the kid, having that many mouths to feed, but when basically your first through fifth read on on any given offensive play is going to be somebody who can do something with yeah, the ball in their, their first hand. round picks. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's time to see what Daniel Jones has got. They got to see. They're not going to draft a quarterback this year, but if he fails next year, they're going to be in the market for one. Well, and we talked about it a lot on episode one, and we probably will continue to talk about it here going forward. But this is what you do with a rookie quarterback on that first contract. Yeah, you just surround him with as much talent as you can, spend the money elsewhere, and hopefully he can take you to the promised land, or, or at least manage the team to the promised land correct yes yeah that other team in the same city in new york needs to take some advice (laughs) so the final winner i have for free agency is the tampa bay buccaneers bringing the gang back together again they signed and tagged chris godwin levante david's back Shaq barrett's back gronk's back and they're trying to sign sue fournette and antonio brown again before we get too analytical talking about some of these guys can you imagine the 30 for 30 that we're going to get on Gronk someday? <laughs> I mean, we have everything from him being in what, like Call of Duty commercials and like trying this like weird acting career. He's in different commercials and like action movies Don't and stuff. WWE. He's been a wrestling superstar. He <laughs> retires for a year. Just his overall party at like the, the vibe he, he presents. And now he's back. He's a Super Bowl winner after, you know, unofficially, kind of officially retiring for a season. It's just, it's hilarious to, to put it in a word. You know he's going to be a on-TV personality, too. Somehow, oh, absolutely. Some, some he's the young Shaq. <laughs> That's a great comp. <laughs> Do we think Tampa Bay, if they get these last three guys, Fournette, A.B., and Sue, all to come back, do we think they are probably... The favorites to go back and repeat? Yes. Hands down. Tom Brady. That's it. 
Tom Brady. So it doesn't even matter if they get Sue Fournette and A.B. I'd say I think they need Sue. Yeah. They don't have too much on the D-line. I mean, there are a lot of unknown guys. William Golston, I mean, I know him, but who? what other regular football fan knows who he is? Vita Vea, we know he's good from the Northwest, him being from Washington, but he's nothing special. Well, and nobody on that D-line, I get exactly what you're saying. All super solid players, not really household names yet, but it's it's those are it's those guys who made it possible for people like Levante David and um, Devin White mm-hmm. to be able to shine last year. Oh, it's yeah. because they could just rush for, or at least you know try to run block pass or, or you know with four guys, and then they were just they were flying in from that second level. The other rumor, if Sue doesn't go there, they're, they've talked to, and Gerald McCoy's already said he'd be interested. Wow. Bringing him back. A return, yeah. Maybe get his number back from Sue. <laughs> I can't, you know, we'll see about Fournette. I know there's been rumors. I can't see AB wanting to go anywhere else, to no. be honest. If they're going to pay him anything, kind of like what we just saw, and we'll get to Juju later, but if they're going to pay him anywhere within the ballpark, that he's looking for. I just don't see why he would leave Brady. Brady's always, he's learned that Brady's always going to have his back. seems like Bruce Arians is fine putting up with whatever antics may pop up and you never know with AB, <laughs> but I, I just, I don't see him leaving. I think they'll get him back here. Probably could maybe even by the time this episode drops, he could yeah. be back with the bucks. It would be super odd if AB were to leave and, and probably would show some more like, I mean, just that guy is just not in the right frame of thinking thinking if he's gonna go somewhere else yeah yeah. that's just a stupid decision and that's why i have him on our notable free agents list i have him going back to tampa bay but other options are seattle who has shown interest in him and russ and him do work out together and do things and green bay he's not gonna go play for some slummy quarterback he wants a top tier quarterback throwing him the ball so tom russ and aaron Rodgers. i don't think aaron Rodgers would ever put up with ab unfortunately and his and his his antics uh I don't see Aaron Rodgers being okay with that. I do. I, I think uh, the Packers wide receivers are not as good as AB outside of Devontae Adams. Well, you do need someone on the other side of Devontae for sure. And Rodgers might be in red, entering the stage in his career where he's just like, you know, to turn back the clock a little bit, He he's getting to that point where maybe he would have been like if he had played 10 years ago. Just give me a disgruntled uh, Chad Ochocinco or T.O. Mm-hmm. or somebody. Give me somebody who I can just – try to manufacture a connection with and we can make a run into the playoffs. I don't care what their off the field personality is. I want to win a Super Bowl. It's about rings now. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh okay, how about uh how about some losers? <laughs> oh man, no one takes the cake better than the Chicago Bears. What a disappointing offseason they've had. They failed to get Russ after trying to get him for three first-round picks, and Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller are the rumored players involved in that trade. Kyle Fuller they had to get rid of to make some cap casualty and cap space, and Akeem Hicks now is asked for a trade after he found out that he was involved. How did they think they were going to get Russ without throwing in Khalil Mack? That's insane. It's just... But it kind of goes to show you what, I mean, Chicago, I feel like, has been like this for the past, you know, eight or nine years. Like, moving up to the second spot in the draft and picking Trubisky oh. uh, to trying to, like, give us, or give Seattle, uh, you know, 50 cents on the dollar. Like, yeah. Well, that's just it. They have, they have the, the pretty pennies to, to sell, to mm-hmm. try to bargain with, um, to use as chips. But you're absolutely right. If you look at Khalil Mack as like a down lineman, 
even though I know he's technically a linebacker, they have studs at every level of their defense. We've talked about how their defense is actually pretty decent. But yeah, it would have taken a Khalil Mack or from the actual linebacking core, somebody like a Roquan Smith. Yeah. Or in the secondary, an Eddie Jackson. Like you have to give up a. Yeah, it's not going to be I Kyle Fuller. Take an Allen Robinson. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Especially too when, yeah, if you tried to pair it with what the Seahawks needed, you know, we always need secondary help. We always need wide receiver help. So it's just. It's crazy how the GM Ryan Pace still has his job. He traded up to the second overall pick to take Trubisky, and he passed over Mahomes and Watson. It's that's just an all-time blunder, all-timer. That's too bad. I'm a I'm a I'm a Trubisky truther. Love me some Mitchapalooza, but uh, I think he's going to be a backup from now on. Well, well hey, you know what? He could be one of these guys where come uh, kind of like a Brock Osweiler or something, where you look at the end of their career and you're like, this guy's made. $300 million somehow? <laughs> what? Because he obviously got first round money. And then Buffalo, that's $43 million. That's no, you know, that's not chump change. Well, it's crazy. I mean, Buffalo got him for $2.5 million for one year and they paid Andy Dalton. They're paying him $13 million. Yeah. Like, sign the guy back for less money that knows your offense. That's how you'll succeed. You're not going to succeed with Andy Dalton. Yeah. So Chicago settled for Andy Dalton. Brings him in now as their starter. And they told him he's their starter. Oh, man. What a weird, what a, what an odd thing. And, and Matt, is Matt Nagy super involved with, with the GM moves there? I don't think so. Ryan Pace came in before Nagy, so he kind of runs the show. But Nagy's been around long enough. A lot of NFL people like him. He's a good coach. He just needs the right players. Yeah. And we can, I think it's safe to say they, they have not done that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the next loser I have for NFL free agency is the Tennessee Titans, and that's just because they're cash strapped. They don't have a lot of room with 18 million left, and they let three quarters of their secondary go starters: Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, and Kenny Vaccaro. Where'd Kenny Vaccaro go? He hasn't signed yet. Oh no, really? And I love Adoree Jackson. Mm-hmm. Love him. Anybody who plays Madden knows how good Adoree Jackson is. Speed kills. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and they lost those guys three-quarters of secondary. They lost Corey Davis and Jonu Smith. That's another 1,000 yards you lost out of your offense. And then they made a good move in signing Janoris Jenkins and Bud Bud Dupree, but Bud Dupree was pretty expensive. I was kind of shocked at that price. I thought he'd get a one-year $12 to $14 million deal, and he ended up signing like a $16 million for four years. Yeah, I think Vrabel probably just saw a lot of himself in a guy like Bud. Um kind of like a Swiss army knife where he can line them up. He can play them in coverage, yeah. uh, different things like that. But you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, you know, not to knock a next stealer, but I think a lot of Bud's success last year in a contract season came with playing opposite TJ Watt. And so you start thinking about who he's going to be lining up against. I know they got good D tackles in Tennessee, but as far as edge rushers go, teams are going to be scheming to stop Dupree now. Yeah. They keep trying to find the right guy. They signed Clowney last year. Didn't work out. The year before, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was Camille Quotori. Um, yeah. And then their biggest loss was Isaiah Wilson, who they drafted in the first round in 2020 last year, and then they cut him after one year. He only logged nine offensive snaps. and they tra- what position? Offensive tackle. Wow. He was their first-round pick, and then they traded him to Miami last week because he's just a bonehead. <laughs> and uh, he's already been released by Miami. Really? After one week, he showed up two hours late to his physical, skipped team meetings and uh, mandatory workouts that he personally told the owner he'd be there for. 
Some of these guys, man, just knuckleheads. So they got everything on a silver platter and they can't focus. Jeez. Watch Seattle bring them in. No, it's not. funny that you said Miami. Or the, I mean, obviously you said Miami. That's where he went. But there are, it seems like, four or five teams. And maybe that's, you know, the coaches or, or just kind of what they feel like you always hear about. Well, they have the locker room to correct this guy or whatever. It seems like people always go to Miami when they need, like, a locker room correction. Seattle always gets brought up mm-hmm. in this conversation. New England's kind of here or there, you know, that's just like, well, Belichick could straighten him out. Just, just different people. And so it will be interesting to see if now Wilson is on one of those teams. I just say Seattle, they were uh, interested in during the draft last year. He, he was one of their top picks. A lot of people mocked that he would be going to Seattle. Uh, Pete loves his little young project players. Can we? And I mean, they need the help on the line. Exactly. Yeah. You sit him behind Dwayne Brown for two years and let him learn. All right, you got one more team on here, right? Yep, the last loser is the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's really no reason except that they're in cap hell. They can't sign anybody. They've added Anthony Harris, who's a good safety. He was a pro bowler the last two years out of Minnesota. He was tagged last year by Minnesota. And then they re-signed Hassan Ridgeway at D-tackle. Hassan Ridgeway is a, is a good young player. Yeah, I mean, decent. Not a great starter, but yeah. role player. Um, yeah, they're just strapped for cash. They don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Another rumor is they've called now about Sean Watson, so who knows what they're going to do with Jalen Hurts. They're losing all their wide receivers. And they're just done. I would expect the Bears and Eagles to be in the top five picks next year. It's just crazy how teams can fall from grace so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, Two years ago, the Eagles are coming off one of the most exciting Super Bowl wins in recent memory. And now here we are saying that they could have a top five, a you know, a top five draft pick next year. It's insane. Well, it's just they went all in. It's kind of what happened to the uh, Patriots true. last yep. year. Yeah, Patriots had gone all in the past few years, so they're bound to have one bad year. So no, you're right there. All right, now let's talk about the surprises of the free agency. I got the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one. They had the most cap space, and they still have the most cap space. They just haven't moved fast on players. Urban Meyer has been unfamiliar with the signing rules. During legal tampering, he thought he could call players and have them come in for workouts. He's not allowed to do that. (laughs) The NFL had to call him and tell him to cancel all these things that he was trying to do, and he could only offer money. And so he just wasn't aware of the rules. Uh, He's a hell of a recruiter in college. He would get lots of players, and that was his big plan to recruit players, but he couldn't do it. Well, I think that he'll probably have to go through some of the, you know, growing pains, even though we might not think that they were there. They certainly were there when, like, someone like Pete made the transition Mm -hmm. from USC. Um, I think about other guys who have had, who have tried to make the the transition, like a Lane Kiffin or somebody like that, where, yeah, it's, you want, they, these guys want to build through the draft. They're Mm -hmm. not as familiar with the chess game that is free agency. Mm -hmm. They're, they're more used to, I recruit a guy, I build with him for four years, like you would a freshman to the to when they're a senior. But in the NFL, sorry, bud, after four years, most contracts are up, if not, you know, after two or three years. And then it comes down to this money managing. And so, yeah, somebody like Urban, I can see, especially, it's not like he's coming directly from college. He's been out of football. He's oh, been yeah. on broadcast sets yeah. for the last couple of years. And that's what he said. He said, we got to form a team before we go after the big time athletes. We need a base of players. But, you know, uh, definitely a place that still was able to sign people. Oh yeah, uh, they took you know two Sha- Seahawks. Yeah, Shaquille uh, Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, and Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Hyde is from Ohio State, from when Urban Meyer was there. They just made some good bargain buys for best available players. 
the next surprise, one of my favorite players, Patrick Peterson, signing with Minnesota Vikings. I thought he'd be going after rings and chasing, and not to say Vikings aren't a ring-chasing team, but there's a lot better options than the Vikings to get to a Super Bowl. Well, and to just think about the different, like, <laughs> not to be, like, city bias or anything like that, but just from going to playing, from playing college in LS- at LSU and then playing your entire career in Arizona in the desert, mm-hmm. then to just wind up in Minnesota, it's just kind of like, you're going to be a fish out of water up there, Pat Pete. Especially with the moves Arizona's trying to make. Like, right, I they're returned. making that Super Bowl push. Yeah, yeah, I found that really odd, too. How much did he sign for? 10 was mil, it? one year, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that, that, it was I mean, money talks, money. bullshit rides the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so the last surprise I have of free agency is the wide receiver market. It was just so slow. You see Juju signing one-year deal, Will Fuller signing a one-year deal. It just moved slow. Big names couldn't get it done this year. Kenny Galladay held out, and if maybe the other guys held out for a bit, they could have gotten a four-year deal, but Kenny Galladay was the big prize. I think that teams are just seeing, and it's funny because it's in contrast to what's happening at the running back position, but I think teams are just seeing how deep wide receiver draft classes are every single year especially the last three years there's yeah. been like 10 to 15 guys in the top 30 players and, and the mold of college athletes is only growing into fitting what the nfl wants out of its wide receivers more and more every year you know whereas like 10 years ago somebody like calvin johnson was a freak now every year there's like three guys that come out in the draft that are basically a calvin johnson body type like six three 230 can run a 4-4 like that's just it's becoming a lot more commonplace yeah there were uh, i don't know if you guys saw this though at one of the pro days this year in illinois there's a wide receiver named daniel imatorbi i think is how you pronounce his last name he had a vertical jump of 46 and a half that's insane Whoa. calvin johnson is 43 that's insane so yeah and, just, and that guy's probably being mocked as like a third rounder i would yeah. assume or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he's going to be a freak. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's just slow market for the receivers. A little surprising. The cap wasn't as high as it has been in the past. Next year, the NFL expects the cap to be back to normal. So players like Juju and Will Fuller will hit the market again and hopefully make some more cash. And then, okay, okay. So then looking forward, who are still some notable guys? Uh, let's each pick like two guys from this list that aren't signed yet that you expect to be on a team okay um well i have two of my top 30 guys still on the board richard richard sherman and melvin ingram richard sherman's cornerback from seattle played in san francisco the last few years uh still got two years left in him he says he said he wants to play just two more years and then, then he would retire he wants to go win another super bowl uh the place i think he'll end up is new york jets which won't lead him to a super bowl but his defensive coordinator from San Francisco is now the head coach there. And also New Orleans Saints have put interest into him and the Las Vegas Raiders. I could absolutely see him in the black and gold mm-hmm. playing yeah. for New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's his best ring chance, I think. That too. Uh, someone on the list here, first person I'll talk about, has kind of become, I feel like, a mercenary at the defensive end position. And he hasn't necessarily come back successful on a lot of these missions, but it's Genevion <laughs> Clowney. <laughs> um, where I feel like even, you know, he had that one big game for the Seahawks that yeah. was in primetime a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I think he had another game like that for the Titans last year where he had like a strip sack. Um, scoop uh, last and score year he had no sacks. Something. 
No? Zero sacks. Interesting. I still feel like every now and then a splash play would be made, though, or something, and you were like, oh, I forgot Clowney's on this team. Yeah. What a beast. And But then it's just, no. But at the end of the year, you look up, and yeah, the stats show that he's underperformed. So it'll be interesting to see what he thinks the market is for him versus what teams think the market yep. is for him. I got teams like Cleveland, Baltimore, and the New York Jets interested in him. Uh, Tennessee is definitely a player in him too since he's there. Mike Rabel's coached him his entire career except the one year he was in Seattle. I could see him going to Baltimore and being a rotational guy. Yep. Did you just get a notification on who to talk about, Max? <laughs> uh, rumor has it. No, uh, uh, release the Atkins. I love seeing Geno Atkins on this list. He's a he's, beast. He has been such a good player for so long. Just stuck in Cincinnati. Please get him on a, a true contender. I would love to see him make an impact on a playoff team. I see Minnesota looking at him. Mike Zimmer's there. He was the defensive coordinator when they drafted him in Cincinnati. Um, Seattle could be interested in him too. They're always, they always sign a D-tackle like the week before the season starts. That shouldn't be a free agent that still is. Uh, you got a second guy here, Morgan, you want to touch on real quick? Yeah, I want to talk about Ryan Kerrigan. Okay. Blue collar. <laughs> oh, a big, big blue chipper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's had a great career being a first-rounder. He's just been in Washington the last 10 years. He's been stuck there. Yeah, a lot like Geno Actons, a really, really talented player. That This is his first time ever being in yep. free agency. And like he could produce on a on a good team. What's sad is teams aren't looking at him too much, and so I could see him going back to Washington, which is fine. I mean, a player always likes to start his career one place and end it in the same place. But I can also see the Detroit Lions going after him and Chicago Bears. Yeah, I could see him sticking around in Washington too, just kind of wanting to mentor all the other guys, mm-hmm. the young guys on that D line. I don't know if they have any money left, but he he smells like a patriot. <laughs> I could I could so see him in that ninety one, yeah, lining up for New England, playing for Belichick. Um, another guy I want to hit on is James White, former oh, running yeah. back out of New England. He's going to Tampa Bay. I'll call it. Okay, you think so? They they don't have Fournette yet. Ronald Jones is there, but James White is Tom's guy, and Tom's been bringing back all his patriot homies. Down south. I mean, and the interesting thing too is that I don't think anybody could have projected this or predicted this, I should say, going into last year. But once Rojo kind of got a little banged up, caught a little bit of the fumbleitis, Fournette turned into like their third down back mm-hmm. when they were both healthy. I know Ronald Jones wasn't healthy for like the Super Bowl run. Yeah. It was Fournette getting um, like bulk of the carries. Bulk of the carries. Um, he was a third down back basically. Who's the other guy? Cassius Vaughn or somebody? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. They would spell him a little bit every now and then. But James White could come in and instantly be their third down back every every possession. Oh, yeah. Um, well, so somebody who I already kind of talked about, um, and there's a lot of guys that you have down here, um, secondary guys, but Adoree Jackson, super young player, was part of a really fun, scrappy USC team mm-hmm. that had guys like Juju and Sam Darnold on it. And I've just kind of loved following all of them. I think they were all three drafted in the first like couple of rounds. Yeah, I think Adoree round. was a first rounder. Juju was a second rounder. Darnold, Darnold was, was first rounder, obviously. So it's been really interesting following their career. I think that he could go to a team and make an instant impact. And then Casey Hayward is also on this list, another player who I've always really liked. San Diego, or I should say Los Angeles, but I believe when he was drafted, they were still the San Diego Chargers. They've always been really good at identifying young corners. And so whether he goes back there or goes somewhere else, I think he's got a lot of left, a lot left in his mm-hmm. career. 
Uh, I think one one other player I, I really like on the list is is another vet, T.Y. Hilton, who I feel like has a lot to prove because he's he's really kind of fallen off the last two years. And this is his first time hitting free agency, so he wants to see what the market can bring for him. It, obviously, like I talked about, the surprises. The wide receiver market's been slow. He hasn't found a team yet. Well, I, I love the the idea of him in Green Bay with, uh, you know, opposite of Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. being able to take the top off defenses for Aaron Rodgers. I, I really like that fit. I like that fit too. You don't have it on here, and I know that they don't have any money and they're just kind of fucked right now. I could see him being – I could just see him playing for Houston for whatever reason. Houston or Miami. I know he played college ball in Miami, or maybe he's from Miami. A Florida Atlantic, yeah, he's yeah. from Miami. Yeah. Um, seems like he could be – he'd be a good fit for the Dolphins as well. Uh, now – Let's jump into the draft. It's the reason why Morgan wanted to start this podcast. I'm so excited. Let's talk draft. Uh, Morgan uh, showed up today to the studio and then handed us his his first mock draft. I'm sure the first of many we'll see uh, over the next month. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna touch on the top ten players. And and Morgan, I I'm just gonna throw it to you and and, and you go through these these guys. Uh, the pick. Uh, obviously, we're in the first round. Go ahead. All right. So this draft is kind of special this year. Last year, they didn't know as much going into a lot because of COVID. They had canceled a lot of things, and there was no pro days and stuff like that. This year is kind of the opposite. They're doing pro days, but no scouting combine. Players are not allowed to go to facilities and interview. They have to meet by Zoom. It's just, uh, I mean, we're all doing it, so we all know what they're doing. But uh, Jacksonville has the first overall pick. Urban Meyer came out of retirement because they had the first overall pick and they had quarterback Messiah and Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure most people have heard of him by now. (laughs) He's won national championship, played three years in college, lost two games only, both games in the playoffs. Is is there any way it's not Trevor Lawrence at one? Unless they are on heroin. (laughs) (laughs) No, Trevor Lawrence is hands down number one overall pick. I mean, he, he could probably get in a car accident, break his leg, and be out a year, and they'd still draft him number one overall. He's got a lot of promise. Um, highest quarterback a lot of people have rated since Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. It will be interesting. We can talk a lot about a lot more about this going forward, but I'm always so interested in a player like this when it comes to their psyche and their mental stability when all of a sudden they are going to go to a team and probably lose at least six, seven, eight games their first year. Because like you said, in the last five years of his football playing life, the guy's probably only lost. I can't imagine he lost much in high school, so he's probably I doubt it. So he's lost two games, and that's thing. So Kyler Murray said he had to learn how losing was his his rookie year because that was his first game he ever lost in like five to six years at high school. Wild was to think about. <laughs> All right, with the second overall pick, the New York Jets have that spot. Um, that's kind of where the draft really starts. We all know Trevor's going number one, so number two is up in the air. Do they take a quarterback and trade or ship out Sam Darnold? Another notification. <laughs> um, I have him taking Zach Wilson. He's the quarterback out of BYU. Uh, kind of a newcomer onto the scene this year. He only played two national games, so it's not really... People are kind of questioning if he can play up against the big boys in the NFL. Um, he's not quite the tallest. He's like 6'2", 210. Uh, but he's got comparisons to Russ and Mahomes in kind of a combination of the two, and that's the way the NFL wants players going. Big arm, mobile. 
Yeah, I could see it happening. Um, it just seems, even though I know that Gase isn't there anymore, he wasn't the entire problem. It just seems like a real Jets move. And this year where everyone's saying, Darnold's got to prove it, this is his last year to prove it, then you put this kind of pressure on him by taking a quarterback with the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then probably benching Darnold by game week three. They, they do the Tua Fitzpatrick flip-flop from mm-hmm. last year or something. Yeah, and this isn't what I would do. If I was Jets, I'd keep Darnold and build around him one more year and see what he's got. With that number two pick, you can get the top offensive tackle. Penny Sewell, who Mm -hmm. we'll talk about, yeah. So with the third pick, the Miami Dolphins have that pick via trade from the Houston Texans of getting Laramie Tunsil. Um, I have him taken wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU, the first wide receiver taken despite Devontae Smith winning the Heisman last year. Yeah, this one will be very interesting. You think that Miami's biggest need is wide receiver right now now that they signed will fuller it's not but if you can have Tua have fuller jamar chase and Devontae Devontae parker, parker yeah and mike gazeki mm. mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty good that's yeah that's a lot of weapons yeah and that's what they you have to do with the young quarterback build around them see what you got um but yeah dolphins could go another wide receiver with Devontae smith they could go off, offensive tackle and take penny sewell they could go defensive, but defense, there's not a lot of big-name players this year. And they don't really need help at the linebacker position with a guy like Mac Jones or somebody. No. Um, it, but you said Devontae Smith won the Heisman? Yes. Correct. And so Jamar Chase, why not take the Heisman here? At the, at the uh, we'll talk about that when I have him. He's still a top 10 pick, but it's more uh, his weight issues oh. or lack thereof weight. But uh, Jamar Chase was the number one wide receiver coming into this year. He opted out of this year due to COVID. He sat out the whole season, did not play for LSU, and he's just been working out, which works for players. I mean, Sam Bradford did it when he came out of college. Jamar Chase is fucking electric, too. He is so exciting to watch. He's Odell plus 20 pounds. I was going to say, but bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So with the fourth overall pick, Atlanta Falcons, I have him taking Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Uh, He's he was the number two quarterback coming into this year. In my eyes, he still is. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the arm. Uh, he's just been good for Ohio State. He uh, initially w- was recruited by Georgia, signed with Georgia, and then transferred out of there to Ohio State. I think that Matt Ryan, you know, not from any personal experience or anything, but I just think Matt Ryan's such a good guy. I feel like Matt Ryan would have no problem with a move like this. Mm-hmm. He just got his deal restructured. So he knows that he's still the guy for another year or two. He would be a great mentor, I feel like. I I think that some guys just don't seem like it makes sense to pair them with a young quarterback. Matt Ryan, I think, would do a great job mentoring a young quarterback for a handful, not a handful of years, but a couple years. They could make the team better and not take, like Green Bay had a drafted quarterback last year in the first round, Jordan Love, and he sat and didn't play one play at all this year. It'd probably be the same thing with Justin Fields, but... it just works out that way. When you have a pick this high and you have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones on your team, you don't expect to be picking this high. So you take the best player, which is Justin Fields. Absolutely. I think the Falcons are a real big, you know, maybe a sleeper actually, but at least for me, maybe like this show is a collective, a big candidate to bounce back from their four win season yeah. of last year. So with the fifth pick, and it's a guy we've been talking about, but Cincinnati Bengals take Penny Sewell offensive tackle out of Oregon. By the end of this pod, I feel like I'm going to want a jersey that yeah. when this guy gets drafted. The new Bengals jerseys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, Penny Sewell is a beast. He's just a machine. He's huge. He plays left tackle. It's just the biggest no-brainer. If he fell to Cincinnati, 
that would be a steal at five. He should you be know number Joe two. Burrow. Joey Burrow's hoping it happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Joey needs someone to protect him on that on that left side. And that was evident every game Joey played all the way till he got hurt. I mean, he just didn't have a good offensive line. Now, do we think Cincinnati is is smart enough to do this, or do you think they'll pull a wild card? Yes, they're smart enough. The only other position I could see them taking since they lost A.J. Green is maybe a wide receiver. But it's a no-brainer. When you get that, or when you get that quarterback, you got to get the left tackle. So at the sixth pick, the Philadelphia Eagles hold that, and they got to make moves. We've talked about them earlier. They haven't been able to sign anybody, so they got to get a player that's willing to play. I got him taking tight end out of Florida, Kyle Pitts, six four, eight touchdowns. He's uh, more like a wide receiver almost than tight end. And they need a replacement for Ertz yeah. and Goddard. That that I know they're decent players. Zach Ertz has obviously been phenomenal in the past, but he's lost a step. Goddard, I don't think, is a sixteen game guy. Didn't Ertz walk? Is no, it... he's still there. They're just looking for a trade. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think that's a big area. Uh, and whether it's Jalen Hurts or they do go after another quarterback in free agency or something like mm-hmm. that, every quarterback needs a solid tight end. Yeah. And if they got the tight end, he's so athletic. You can line him up out wide. He reminds me of Jimmy Graham and his prime with New Orleans. Okay, so before you go any further here, I just have a quick question. We've done six six teams already. Yes. Do you see any of these guys, and Philly just kind of sparked this uh, thought in my head, do you see any of these teams potentially trading down? Yes, all of them. All potential, except Jacksonville probably. Ex- well, yeah. yeah, Jacksonville. Outside of Jacksonville, all of them. I could see the Jets, if they decide not to go quarterback, they'll tra- trade back for more picks and some a quarterback needy team will trade up and that's i expect at least half the top 10 to be traded wow okay Um, what what teams do you expect to to move up uh new england san francisco carolina if they don't land a quarterback carolina is the big one i think carolina i could see trying to get to number two or three or four so they can land justin fields um outside of that i phillies probably could move down the wide receivers, I have three wide receivers in the top 11. I can see them kind of falling out, so quarterbacks and offensive linemen can go up there. Um, there is going to be a run on cornerbacks at some time in the first round, so a team trading up with Denver maybe, Dallas. Dallas has a good team, so do they need the 10th overall pick if they can get the ten- or if they could get like the 15th, 16th, and another second-round pick? That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the seventh overall pick is the Detroit Lions, and that's where I have the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, going out of Alabama. So, why, so again, why so low? Because he's he's 175 he's pounds. He's underweight. Underweight by a lot. There isn't many successful wide receivers under 180 pounds drafted in the first round. It's Deshaun Jackson, and then there's John Ross, who is on his second team now. He's not bad. But he hasn't made the bill of what he was at the eighth overall pick. Yeah, I mean, these are never going to be guys that get you. Uh, like, it, when you're that size, you're just not going to catch 80 balls a year. No. I mean, your body takes so much punishment. To catch that many passes as like a speedster. Is AB that size? AB's a freak. Yeah. His route running's insane. That guy can just get open and, and, not, and, and know how to avoid his, getting hits. Do you think because of his success, people are taking chances on. Someone like a Devontae Smith or or a John Ross. Yeah, I mean, all that happens. I mean, without Drew Brees, Russell Wilson wouldn't have a career. So, I mean, I'm not, and it's nothing against him. He's a hell of a player, and I would take him in the top 10. But he just fell out. If you could have Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, I'm going to take Jamar Chase. Well, and 
you know, I think that the Lions obviously do have this void to fill now with Galladay being gone and Marvin Jones and Marvin Jones. And so, but then that just almost spells more doom. And I mean, the guy's going to be a top 10 pick as you have projected here, whether it's Detroit or somebody else, but you just feel for the kid because if it is <laughs> Detroit and he has that pressure to be the number one now at 170 pounds, like I'm saying, he's a lot more likely just to be lined up outside, potentially catch 40 passes, 40 to 50 passes his rookie year. He's not going to be a Jarvis Landry or an Edelman or somebody who goes across the middle as a possession guy can bounce back from like tough hits from safeties and linebackers. It's just not going to happen. And and you look at it, him and another guy here um, right outside your top 10, Jalen Waddell, the way that Alabama used those two guys mm-hmm. last year was on the perimeter. Waddle was running back a lot of punts Oh yeah, because they're just such speedsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Waddle, I have him going to 11 at New York Giants, but we won't touch on that outside the top 10. You know, I just got to get my World Tide references (laughs) in here, though. (laughs) All right, with the eighth pick in the team, I could see definitely trading up is Carolina Panthers. I have them taking quarterback Mac Jones. Now, what they do with this pick is unknown. They are rumored to be heavily involved in the Deshaun uh, Watson trade, and they really want a quarterback. They didn't get one in free agency. They're still trying to get Deshaun. But I have Mac Jones out of Alabama going to them. Uh, interesting thing, Matt Rule coached Mac Jones during the Senior Bowl for an entire week and said that they were inseparable. Matt, uh, Matt Rule, a bit of a quarterback whisperer, too. Mm-hmm. That's what he's been touted as, yeah. So it'll be... Go ahead. Sorry, I, I also really, really like the idea of Houston trying, because they've traded out of this first round, mm-hmm. or at least the top 10. I mean, if they're going to make a, a run, you're right, Carolina's probably... Probably one of the teams you're going to be able to get their first round this year. And next. And more picks uh, down the road. Yep. So, yeah, I could see them trading and getting it. But if they don't, I see Mac Jones coming right to them, and they'll be happy. They're a good team. They got McCaffrey still. Defense, they signed Hassan Reddick. What's what's the what's the ceiling of Mac Jones? Uh, some people compare him to Brady. I mean, that's way too high of a ceiling to take away the Super Bowls. Um, I Personally, I'm not a fan of his. I think he's a decent quarterback, but his ceiling is Kirk Cousins. So I will say this as an Alabama stan. They don't put out good NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they have guys who are great in the SEC and who can get the ball into their playmakers' hands, but then for whatever reason, well, historically— Jalen and Tua? Yeah, but Jalen, I think if he would have left or if he would have stayed at Alabama— he wouldn't have, and yeah, I get he wouldn't have a quarterback career. Probably not. Probably not. It took him going to Oklahoma his senior year and being a Heisman finalist to to then be drafted in the second round. Tua, the verdict is still totally out on him. You look back at guys like Landry Jones, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys who I'm just kind of blanking on right now, but the pedigree of an Alabama quarterback in the NFL is just not what you would expect. They're much more known for putting out guys in the secondary, linebackers, and running backs. And that's nothing against Mac Jones. I mean, it's he, not, he no. had a great season compared to Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that's why he was in the Heisman running this year. But I just, I don't see one-year wonders like quarterbacks very successful in the NFL. All right, with the ninth pick, Denver takes another quarterback, Trey Lance. That is the fifth quarterback in the top ten I have. Trey Lance is a quarterback at North Dakota State, same school that uh, Carson Wentz to North Dakota State. <laughs> the Buffalo. Or Bison? Bison. Bison, yeah. So uh, he's big t- big quarterback. He's 6'5", I think 230, 240. 
Um, kind of a lot like Josh Allen. I was just going to say this sounds a lot like Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, exactly. And because he only played one game this year. Division two only had one game, so he only played the one this season. So he basically sat out, worked out the entire offseason wow. with NFL trainers. Um, he was kind of the big quarterback coming in to push Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields for the third spot. And because he sat out, Mac Jones and just or not Justin Fields, Zach Wilson have passed him. Interesting, uh, interesting. But he's got a cannon for an arm. He's got a cannon. Big kid. Big kid. This is everything that you can say about Drew Locke, though, too. Yeah. So that's just what, where it gets interesting. <laughs> and I or mean like Ryan Mallet. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, Trey Lance is good. I could see Denver doing that. Denver could also go offensive line and just keep Drew Locke and see what they got. Uh, finally, with the 10th pick, the Dallas Cowboys, I have them taking Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Uh, he's arguably, some people are saying he's better than Penny Sewell. I don't see it, but he is very good at the tackle position. Uh, they take him trying to fix together. They have L. Collins at right tackle. He's good not great and then they have tyron smith who's one of the best offensive tackles in the league He's but getting up there in age. exactly yeah. you draft this guy as a kind of replacement for him two years down the line but he can play right tackle for the time being and move lael collins outside or inside well yeah i mean you think back to when zeke was putting up the 2000 um all-purpose yard type mm-hmm. seasons when all of a sudden dak was emerging as this franchise quarterback it's because the cowboys had like the best offensive line mm-hmm. in football and i think jerry is smart enough especially after striking gold with somebody like cd lamb last year i think jerry is smart enough and everybody else in that front office to realize they need to return to the big boys up front in yep. the first round do they still have zach martin too yep Wow. Frederick Fredrickson's the big one that they need to replace because yeah, he retired. He, re- he retired, and last year they drafted a center, and he filled in pretty well. But we'll see what happens with that. They could also go cornerback. I can see someone like Patrick Sertan or Caleb Varley out of Virginia Tech. Oh, Sertan, <laughs> he's got the NFL bloodlines. Yep. <laughs> but that rounds rounds out the top ten. Is there any other teams or names? You want to go over real quick? I, I just think that the whole and we'll get to this as more rumors and and tea leaves start to come out, but. Just, I do think, like what you're saying, Morgan, that there will be a lot of movement within oh, yeah. this top ten as far as trades go. So we'll see if these are the t- the teams picking come and, come April. And that's what's interesting. I don't like mocking trades because I don't know quite the stipulations and what teams are talking to who. But Mel Kiper has been doing this for 43 years. This last week, he put out his first draft with trades ever wow. because he said there's just going to be so much movement this year. You can't predict. Uh, you know, I'll 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 be the homer on the podcast and walk into this trap. What do we expect from Seattle in this draft? I know they don't have our first round. They don't. They have what three picks? I think four. Uh, four out of seven, and they don't pick until what the third, fourth round? Second round. They have a second, second round. round pick. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I do. My mock draft goes three rounds. I have them taking a lineman, Josh Myers. He's a big interior offensive lineman. He can play guard or center, and that's what they need. That's. Uh, I think that every single. Seahawk fan, maybe not every single 12, but every Seahawk fan needs to be hoping and praying that they get some protection on that offensive line. But they also... Alex just called out the whole Seahawk fan base while wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers hat. I just want everyone to know that who's listening to the pod. They could go, like I say, the interior offensive line is what they need, but they could also go cornerback. They lost Shaquille Griffin. They could go wide receiver. They lost David Moore. And Tyler Lockett's good, but we have him for two more years. We got Freddie Swain. 
He was a seventh round pick. You want to put all your eggs in that basket? It was Chris Carson, man. Come on. That'd be our guy's play. <laughs> I would not compare those two. <laughs> but yeah, the Seattle could go any direction, and they are honestly the hardest team to mock. They any mock draft, I don't think I've ever had the guy that they take even going in the first round. <laughs> well, they, they do tend to, to shock a lot of people. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> i'm usually pretty good at drafting i can get like 12 out of 32 which doesn't sound good but that's a good ratio <laughs> absolutely well, we'll, yeah we'll we'll have it on the record this year yeah <laughs> um for this next segment we're gonna go division by division but first let's take a break and listen uh to a, a, an ad about one of uh, the other great shows here on the chatter network a real comparison of an artist's first album to their most recent and their journey to get there. Plus, top 10 lists, best ofs, and other musical inputs to get you through the day. If you like what you hear, drop a follow on Instagram at Redux Podcast and feel free to let me know there what reviews you want to hear. Come along on this journey with me, sit back, and enjoy the ride. And we're back. Uh, we're now going to dive in to, uh, we each have two teams. Uh, we're going to start with the AFC East, um, and we're going to dive into their 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 team so far during this offseason, uh, really what their draft need and, and what player we think they're going to pick, or at least what position uh, we think they need to target. Uh, and then we might might even make, you know, a, a, an early, early offseason prediction. See about, where they sit. <laughs> about 2021. Um so we're going to start in the AFC East. Uh, Morgan, how about you start with uh, Miami, the Miami Dolphins? Perfect. All right. So as we talked about earlier, they have the third overall pick. Um, Miami Dolphins are coached by Brian Flores. It's his, let's see here, that'd be his third year now this year. Uh, he was 10-6 last year. Um, just missed the playoffs. Just missed. And to be that good and have the third overall pick? The rich get phenomenal. richer. Yeah. So yeah, no the and they added some key players. Will Fuller talked about he's a great speed wide receiver. He has a bit of an injury problem. He suspended one game going into the season, but that'll help Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and then they got Tua throwing the ball to them. And if they got Jamar Chase, uh, they also signed Matt Skura, the center for the Baltimore Ravens the last few years. Uh, he'll start plug and play right away. And I love the Jacoby Brissett pickup insurance for uh, Tua Tagovailoa. And then uh, they did lose some key players. Fitzpatrick, Shaq Lawson. They traded Shaq Lawson away. I shouldn't say they lost him. Where did they trade him to? Uh, Shaq Lawson went to Houston. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks for him. And they, they got Bernard. Within division. They did a trade within the division. Within the conference. Miami and... Houston. Houston. Houston's Texas. in the south. Yes, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they got Bernardrick McKinney back. Or not back, but they got him for Shaq Lawson. Okay. So that he'll be their starting inside linebacker. And they lost Devon Godshaw. Not a big-time player, but he's been a solid role player for them. He's been their third D-tackle playing. He's out of LSU, uh, Rocks 56. Well, and also they lost Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. Who was a huge locker room presence, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Kind of odd that, because I feel like he went to Miami because of Brian Flores, was his D coordinator in new england but now he goes back to new england bill gets his guys back he just spied on brian flores for him for one year yeah that's that's shifty 
So yeah, Miami's a good team. They're on the rise, obviously. It just depends on Tua how well he plays. I mean, Fitzpatrick was the reason I think Miami Dolphins made the playoffs last year, and then they threw in Tua, and he was so-so. Uh, the picks they have, they have the third and 18th pick, two picks in the first round. And then they have the 36th and 50th pick in the second round, so two picks in the second. They have four picks in the top 50 players. That's a good running start to improve your team. And then they have the 81st pick, making five in the first 100 picks. Uh, team, the team needs wide receiver, tackle, running back, defensive line, and linebacker. Like I said earlier, I have them taking Jamar Chase out of LSU. And then with their second pick in the first round, I have them taking Jalen Phillips, a defensive end out of Miami, the U. Mm. The U. He loves the U. And and you love it to see U players go play for Miami. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's all about the U. Rep that 305. And uh, my prediction for them, I think they're going to finish third in the division. Oh, man. A fall from, well, I guess that's what they finished this last year, huh? No, no they f- second, 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 yeah. second. They'll still have a winning record, um, not ten and New six. England comes back. I, I think New England comes back with the way they've made moves, but we'll talk about them later. I'd like to kick it back to Alex, talk about the Jets. Yeah, so the Jets here, um, we're going to start off, obviously, with the new head coach, Robert Sala, who just seems like a big locker room guy, somebody that is the players are going to love playing for, mm-hmm. especially we talked about this going back on episode one, but... What what a night and day difference between someone like Adam Gase and Robert Sala. Um, <laughs> you know, Adam Gase didn't really have like an identity, a calling card to to the way he coached a team. Robert Sala obviously is defense and intensity, and that's what this team needs. They need a fucking kick in the pants. Um, so I think that's really cool. They're coming off of a two and fourteen season, which has obviously landed them the second overall pick. They were in the runnings there for. Trevor Lawrence at the end of last season. And it was then, terrible when they won those two and games. And then they won those two games, and Jets fans were almost more upset about that than anything over the last, like, five years, which says a lot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. In free agency so far and just throughout the offseason, they've added guys like Carl Lawson, Dan Feeney, LaMarcus Joyner, who's a real good player that I like and enjoy, um, Gerard Davis, and then Corey Davis. And so you do get some help at the wide receiver position, which – we we touched on in episode one was a big need for them. Denzel Mims has the making of you know a, a good if not potentially great wide receiver. Crowder's always going to be mm-hmm. a solid 70, 80 catch possession guy. Get into the end zone about five times a year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as addressing their offensive skill position needs. Pat Elfin is the only guy that they've really let let go. They've lost, lost yeah. other guys, but Pat Elfin's the only guy. Only that one that mattered <laughs> exactly. Um, so you know, with <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see how this, if it is a turnaround, how the next couple of years go, and how much the Jets and the Seahawks futures are tied together because of the Jamal Adams trade mm-hmm. and all the, and all the draft picks. So I could see them with that second overall pick. Morgan already mocked it. We talked about it potentially going after a quarterback. But then no matter if it's Darnold or someone new, that offense can't be and Saul is going to recognize this probably as a defensive guy. He'll know that the easiest offenses to scheme against are those that are one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And so you can't and that's been their problem. I feel like they haven't had a good run game 
to go with Darnold. Darnold's been fine. We've talked about this. We are Darnold truthers. Mm-hmm. He's been fine. There's been no respectable run game. Are you really going to worry about guys like LaMichael P. Ryan and Frank Gore <laughs> at 50 years old? They had Le'Veon and it just didn't work out. Didn't they, work. They didn't, and that's Adam Gase's fault. I put Absolutely. all that on 100%. him. Le'Veon has his own issues, but he was there to play and they didn't use him. So I could definitely see, uh, as far as their team needs go, addressing addressing how to make their offense more dynamic, whether that means some help on the line, a new quarterback, or a new uh, running back, potentially. They've missed out on guys like Philip Lindsay in free agency. Um, he goes to uh, Houston, I believe, mm-hmm. it's where Philip landed. Guys like Kenyon Drake have found a new home. He's in Las Vegas now. So they've missed out on guys that I feel like could really make a difference at that position in free agency. So with maybe their 19th pick, they I don't think this would be too much of a reach. And I know we have, you know, if you looked, if Morgan had his uh, mock draft published or something, you guys could see this, but he has guys like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris going a little later in the draft. I could see them going after one of those guys and trying to couple them with whoever their quarterback is yeah. going to be to make them more exciting on offense. Exactly. So I could see that happening. Um, I do believe that they will be the fourth team in this division behind the Buffaloes, the pa- the, the New Englands, and the Miamis um, in, in the AFC East, probably with a five win, maybe a five and 11, six and yeah. 10 type season. I think they will bounce back. Sala's presence alone is going to account for more than two wins. So exactly. you, got, you, you figure they're going to win at least four just based off of like gusto and and grit and fighting their way through some games if they can go like 500 in the division go go four and four in that division maybe you know have some good showings at home against a team like new england maybe if they get them early in the season before belichick's really figured their um 2021 identity out yeah and then maybe they beat miami they split a home and home or a home and an away with them or something if they can go at least 500 in the division, maybe get to six wins, potentially seven, I still think they'll be fourth. But how can Jets fans look at that and not say that the season was in a success? A success. Yeah. And going forward, like I said, with the draft picks, I think that there'll be enthusiasm um, going into 2022 and things I, like that. I also really like the way Salah is going out and he gets a Carl Lawson. He gets a LaMarcus Joyner. A lot like maybe like a, a Chris Clemens and Earl Thomas. Building on the defense, we know you need at least one guy at every line of your defense. That's where he started, was in Seattle. Learn from Pete. There you go. Uh, I think the Jets finally have found the right guy. Yeah. And I think within the next six years, maybe five years, <laughs> the Jets are going to hopefully be back in the playoffs. You can't buy five years, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next, I, I I had the pleasure of doing the Buffalo Bills, which by far one of my like favorite teams in the AFC. No one circles the wagons. No one circles like the wagons. Max Fosberg and the like Buffalo Max Bills. Max Fosberg, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, uh, Sean McDermott is becoming one of my favorite and one of the most underrated coaches I think in the league. Oh hell yeah! Uh, love him. Looking at their off season so far, they released John Brown, Quentin Jefferson. Uh, they also lost Ty Nishki on, on the offensive line. Uh, but they did re-sign Matt Milan, uh, which is kind of their um, like the heart of their defense yeah, easily. Uh, uh, for the linebacker. Some needs I had for them. 
uh, going into free agency? I know we're kind of like in the middle of free agency, but was defensive tackle, tight end, cornerback, and defensive edge. Uh, even though they have you know pe- players like Mar- uh, Mario Addison, who just restructured restructured his contract, freeing up some cash. Jerry Hughes, another one of the top rushers, we said as far as getting pressures, but only four point five sacks last year. So they do need to bring in, I think, some young blood to help with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they did go get on the tight end. I mean, who knows what this guy's going to do? First off, good news: Dawson Knox is coming back, right from yeah. injury. He'll be back. But Tyler Croft, he left. He left. And Lee Smith is retiring, right? Uh, I think they traded him. I'm not quite sure traded where, him. but they traded him. I want to say to Atlanta. Okay, well, they, they, they brought in Jacob Hollister, Seattle favorite here. Which is even cooler. So him and Josh Allen were roommates and teammates at Wyoming. Wyoming. Great connection there. Josh Allen's going to love throwing to him. Um, Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, right? I think he'll just love having them on the field. I mean, tight end is so important for pass blocking, run blocking, let alone what they can do with the ball in their hand, actually. And we know Hollister has a nose for the end zone. Yeah, and Sean McDermott, a huge defensive guy. So I think someone who's still out there right now, Kwan Short, mm-hmm. uh, D-tackle. He coached him in Carolina. Yes, they got Carolina ties. He would be a good veteran to bring in to help with uh, what who Harrison Phillips and Starlo to Starlo to and reunite Kwan Short and Starlo to Yeah, they were beasts in pros. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their draft pick uh, in the first round is, is pick number thirty. And Morgan, I know on on your mock draft. You have Travis Etienne running back out of Clemson. Travis Etienne, which, yeah, I I, I, I could see that. Etienne is phenomenal. I think Etienne might be going a little higher than that. And I have picked out uh, Jason Owe. Okay. Defensive end out of Penn State. Defensive end out of Penn State. He's 6'5", 252 pounds, athletic freak, could be a – could really play linebacker or defensive edge, edge rusher, uh, and I think he would be great to come and help that aging line and and get some sacks there. Yeah, um, the Bills went thirteen and three last year. I think they're going to have a similar year this year. Whether it's 13, 12 wins, they will win the division, and I think they're going to make a, a deeper playoff run than they did this past year. I think I think this team only gets better, uh, you know, as long as Josh Allen keeps moving forward. I think this team could be a team to challenge Kansas City. So I was going to say, you're talking AFC Championship game then, potentially, for them. I agree. Absolutely. All right, so I'll end it with the New England Patriots. We talked about them being the big winners of free agency. Um, Like we said, they added Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Jalen Mills, Judon, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, they just got better. They added a bunch of people in 2001. They were that was the last time they had a losing record like this year, and they spent big then. And then the next year they won the Super Bowl. The next two years they won the Super Bowl, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they got lucky drafting Tom in the second round, and Tom was Tom. But uh, they're just making moves to kind of recapture that en- energy with Cam Newton. Cam Newton, this is kind of probably his final chance of making a good career of him, or second half career, I guess you'd call it. But uh, they only lost really one player, Adam Butler, and they traded him away. He's a D-tackle. They didn't feel the need for him. The New England Patriots had the 15th, 46th, and 96th pick. Not ideal, but 
they'll be fine enough with that. And I could see them moving up, trying to get a quarterback to compete with Cam Newton in my draft right now. I have them taking Micah Parsons, a linebacker out of Penn State. He's a top five player. He doesn't have off-field concerns, but there's been some rumors of his attitude, I'd guess you'd call it. Well, it's interesting because normally with only three picks, you would say, yeah, like what you're saying, it's not ideal. However, the Patriots in the last, even with Tom, in the last five years haven't been good drafters no they haven't been and so I feel like you you are seeing this paradigm shift right now to where Belichick's saying I'm gonna try to build and this doesn't always work we'll see how it plays out for them but I'm gonna try and build in free agency Mm -hmm. versus the draft so maybe with only the three picks they can focus and hone in more on specific needs Mm -hmm. you know draft that player that's gonna come in fit the mold exactly how they want and I could see I mean how depending on where they go especially if it is like wide receiver or linebacker, you know, I can just see the graphic now oh, on yeah. like ABC or on NBC Sunday Night Football or whatever, just being like the 96th overall pick yeah. now all of a sudden has 80 tackles in the season or has 80 catches as mm-hmm. a wide receiver. And if they trade up for quarterback, they'll, it's rumored they really like Mac Jones and Saban and Belichick have whatever relationship you want to call it, but they'll get Mac Jones maybe. If not, though, Micah Parsons would be a steal at 15. He's a top 10 overall player easily what would you call that relationship a bit incestuous maybe yeah (laughs) not a bromance (laughs) right i think it's a little more (laughs) yeah they'll go quarterback wide receiver d-line running back they i would say they need to address the running back issues sony michelle is decent i wouldn't even call him good he's what averages 500 yards a year and maybe 10 games and yeah, we'll see what they have with Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, like I said earlier, I see them going second in the division. They'll get double-digit the wins. I hope so for Cam's sake. If they don't, <laughs> Cam probably doesn't have a career. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it really it's weird. Even though they spent all this money, it really still all comes down to Cam mm-hmm. and and what Cam has left in the tank. That's the importance of quarterback. Yeah, it really is. It really is. All right, jumping over to the uh, NFC now. We also did the NFC East. Uh, Alex, how about you start us off with your team? All right, so I'm going to be talking about them boys, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys went 6-10 and 10 last year. Somehow. Somehow. I, somehow they went 6-10. and 10. How? Like, <laughs> I really don't know, to be honest with you. Andy I'm, Dalton's not even that bad. Andy Dalton. Who is the other guy? Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember I can't, his name, but it's like his name just sounded like a punchline. Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, my goodness. Um, yeah. So six wins, and they did some things against really good teams as well. They played Pittsburgh tough for three and a half quarters. They were in a bunch of really tight games, surprisingly, and that was with Zeke not being healthy as mm-hmm. well for a full season. Uh, so obviously they're looking for a bounce back here. McCarthy, I still feel like is looking for some um career, like some sort of career resurgence still kind of trying to prove that he wasn't the problem between the Rodgers and Packers relationship but after that first season it seems maybe he is the problem absolutely i get it but then like we're saying somehow managed the team to yeah. six wins so we'll see what happens obviously Dak is now the made man with all the guaranteed money the four year contract oh yeah uh they go out and they get Keanu Neal someone who we touched on in episode 1 
a safety who is still surprisingly only 27 years old, who's a heavy, hard hitter in that secondary. They need that. We still think that they probably need some help at cornerback to bolster that that uh, group. They lose um, Awuzie, who was a nice piece of that mm-hmm. secondary from last year. Um, but that's okay. They have picks to replace. They have the 10th overall 44th overall so two picks within the first two rounds and then it gets a little light after that i'm not exactly sure where the rest of their draft picks have gone to but they only have two after that uh they that's just out of the top 100 out of the top 100 okay i gotcha um so you know maybe we potentially see some some movement with them maybe they trade out of that second round pick to get more picks within the top 100 because they do have a lot of needs here is Tony Pollard still on the team? I believe he yes. is, right? Okay, so you have to address the running back situation because it's either going to be Zeke's second to last year within his prime or he's going to, you know, unfortunately maybe be one of these guys who just his weight becomes an issue, his injuries become an issue. I want to call my shot and say Zeke not this season but next season is gone. Yeah, and I think either they hand the keys over to Pollard. We've seen really mm-hmm. good things from him, but at the same time we don't know if he's just a 150 touches per year guy and then with with that kind of usage his numbers are more skewed and versus like Zeke I think two years ago when Zeke caught all those passes he had like over 400 nearly 400 touches um which is just insane that's a ton of wear and tear to put on somebody but a guy like Zeke can do it obviously we want them to rebuild the offensive line I think if they do that they continue to develop not only CeeDee Lamb who really flashed last year but you can't forget about Michael Gallup Mm-hmm. You get um, uh, who was a big tight end that that um, was hitting last year before he got hurt. Uh, oh. Number eighty eight. Yeah, no, the eighty eight Ceedee Lamb. No, oh yeah, Ceedee Lamb's eighty eight. Um, oh I gosh, can't. I'm gonna have to pull it up real quick. I, I want to say his last name was Swain as well. Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain. He, he's out. He's out. Yeah, he went to Tennessee. Oh, he did. Okay. Um, well, then maybe they need to address tight end because I was thinking Swain, I guess. I thought Swain was coming There's back. another guy. It's He went to Stanford. I can't think of his name either. Well, and you know Stanford punts out good tight ends. Yep. Um, but you even have that written down here as um, a, a positional need. need. You have it second on their list here. So I think, you know, you have good wide receivers. You have your quarterback for the foreseeable future. Whether it is Pollard and Zeke splitting touches, Zeke getting over 250 again, something like that, you have at least one more year of these guys Mm -hmm. committed to the team in their prime. So, yeah, even though running back is a need, I don't think that's where they should go with their first couple of picks. So all things considered, especially this division, which, you know, this is just the first team of four that we're going to talk about. This division is completely up for grabs. Oh, God. It's division NFC least. NFC least, once again. So if you figure a healthy a healthy Dak already won them. I believe they were 3-1 and one when he got injured last year. And so the fact that they only win three more games the rest of the season, the other 12 weeks of the NFL, uh, you have to figure they're at least an eight-win team with, with Dak and everything else, if not more. And in a division like this, I think their number one goal, as with every team, every offseason, is to win their division. So if they can go six and two, potentially seven and one, something like that, I, I think they stand a good chance of ending up with kind of how we're like how they wind up end up with six wins last year. They could end up with ten wins, and we might not be asking ourselves it in like such a inquisitive sense. We might be like, Yeah, the Cowboys are a ten win team and that doesn't really surprise no. us. they they have the players and big names to make a good team. As long as Dak is back and healthy. Absolutely. Nine, ten wins. I I, I definitely can see that. I wouldn't say that it's their division to lose, 
But I think as of right now, with all the pieces in place for not only their team, but the other teams in the division, they're, they've got to be the favorites yeah. right now. They're, it's their division to win. It's their division to lose, maybe, or to win, correct. Maybe not to lose, but it's their division to win right now. So I'll I'll flip their record and say they go 10-6 and six this year and, and potentially either tie for first or have first place all to themselves. Yep. All right, so I'll talk about the New York Giants. You got Joe Judge in his second year coaching. Uh, last year, in his first year, they went 6-10. and 10. They weren't a bad team. They have Saquon Barkley, who, in my eyes, is the best running back in the NFL. He was injured, though, last year with the ACL, but he'll he be back. He keeps getting injured. I mean, he's kind of injury-prone to this point right now. Uh, it's the usage. They he's He's their only option. Well, I do remember watching... Uh, that game where he got hurt against Chicago, and he was hurt the play before. They should have never and used him. They put him. him back in, and I, re- I remember texting um, Camille, who has him has right. Saquon in our or had Saquon in our fantasy league, mm-hmm. and just being like, "Dude, I am so sorry. I can't believe the Giants put him back in." I wasn't even <laughs> playing Camille that week or anything, but like, I remember being outraged about it. Yeah, no, they just got to – I mean, it's sad to say. I mean, it, injuries are probably still going to happen to them because they got to just ride Saquon like the Vikings did with Adrian Peterson back when he first came into the league. But they made some big moves. They got Kyle Rudolph and Kenny Galladay, who will be their number one receiver and probably 1,000-yard receiver. He's damn good. Uh, added John Ross, the speedster wide receiver out of Cincinnati. They also added Mike Glennon to back up Daniel Jones. I don't know how Mike Glennon still can continue to have a career. Hey man, he's a good game manager. He's got a he's got a cannon for an arm. He's a great punter, <laughs> and he can kick the ball. Somehow, I feel like if we looked it up too, Mike Glennon's probably only like thirty one years old or something like that too. Yeah. Like he's just one of these guys cashing checks every oh, it's year. It's crazy. Right, NC Russ, State right? booted Russ so they could play Mike Glennon. Right. People believe in Glennon. And they signed Reggie Ragland. The New York Giants did, and he'll be the center of their defense him and Blake Martinez uh, they lost a scary combo yeah. the New York Giants lost Dalvin Tomlinson their stud D tackle uh, he's been nothing but great for them for the last four years and he left to go to Minnesota uh, the picks the Giants have are the 11th 42nd and 76th overall picks so three in the close to top 75 that's pretty damn good uh, with their first pick we talked about earlier, with the 11th pick, I have them taking J- Jalen Waddell out of Alabama, a speedster wide receiver that they could add. Kenny, Do- Kenny Galladay and John Ross are there now, and Sterling Shepard's still there, but you don't pass up on Jalen Waddell. you got to just build around the... I was going to say, if Waddell goes there, I feel like Slayton, it probably hurts him the most. I honestly think John Ross is the odd man out. Okay. he's What's he get? 10 to 15 catches a year? Yeah. He's just a speedster. Um, other important needs that they have to fill is O-line and D-line, uh, linebacker and cornerback. I could also see Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertan going to New York Giants. Where they finish this year, it all relies on Daniel Jones. They have a good team. If Saquon can stay healthy and Daniel Jones uses the weapons like Kenny Galladay, I could see them getting to the second, uh, second place in the division. Again, we're, we're we're repeating ourselves that the quarterback is so important. Quarterback play is the most important position in sports. Well, in sports. Yeah. I think the tough thing about this division as well is that every single one of these teams on paper has a clear-cut number one running back. And so you you would hope that, yes, that even if Saquon 
um, isn't exactly his quote unquote old self. I mean, this will only be like his third actual season in the NFL, but you want him to be able to take the pressure off somebody like Daniel Jones. If he's having an Mm -hmm. off game, you still want Zeke to be able to do that for Dak. For Dak. Seems like Antonio Gibson is the guy now to do that for whoever the quarterback in Washington is. Mm-hmm. And, and then also uh, Miles Sanders is supposed yeah. to be that role for the Eagles. And so, yeah, in this division, it will come down to who can have the most balanced attack on offense and who can protect their quarterback when they're just having a bad week. If Daniel Jones can play like the sixth overall pick that they took him with, They'll make the playoffs. I think Daniel Jones needs to be more mobile too. You saw and now bad <laughs> things can happen. You saw when the turf monster <laughs> came up and snatched him on that like no. eighty yard run last year. But still, you could be with a healthy Saquon, you could be doing a lot more run pass option, I mm-hmm. think, than than you would expect from the Giants this year. Yep. You could see a lot more. Yeah. And, and that would be great for guys like John Ross and Jalen Waddle. I think Saquon's gonna have a Zeke Elliott type year this year. They and they have Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator who was calling the plays for Dallas and Zeke. That's, That's very fair. Very fair. Uh, next team on this list, uh, I covered the uh, Washington football team, the WTF or WFTs. WTFs. WTFs. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you know uh, this team actually very very close to my heart because uh, cousin James up in Bellingham from the DC area. He is a diehard Washington football team fan. So, Max, at... Max is wearing his burgundy right now, kind of. <laughs> Shout out to cousin cousin James. Um, they have Ron Rivera in his second year as, as head coach, who again, much like Sean McDermott, kind of an underrated coach. Like he, I, I can't remember really the exit out of uh, Carolina if they just needed new blood in there or whatnot. But Ron Rivera has had a steady, steady uh, career, coaching career so far. Mm-hmm. Um, they went 7-9 and nine last year, which was enough to win the division and host a playoff game, which... Which yeah. they almost won with their backup against the Tyler Bucks. Hinkie. Amazing. <laughs> Love him. Um, uh, in the offseason so far, they, they lost Ronald uh, Darby. They also released Alex Smith. Um, but they did go out and franchise tag their O. Oh, lineman Brandon Schreff, who I believe in um, episode one you said is like the best guard yeah, in the league. Easily. So that's a good thing that uh, that they have done. They went out and got one of my favorite players in the league, Mr. Ryan Fitzmagic. Um, journeyman quarterback. I mean, everyone knows. This is his ninth team, I think, in 15 fits. years. Yeah, I, I love that move because no matter who you draft or maybe – I think they might be a sleeper uh, team to go get Sam Darnold mm-hmm. if the Jets trade or, or they are interested. Zach Wilson, um, Fitzmag- having Fitzmagic there to to tutor whoever the bridge the, quarterback, yeah, the young quarterback is, I think is a really really good good choice there. Uh, they also went out and got Curtis Samuel. Who, Reunion. Yeah, Buckeye boys back together, him and Scary Terry. Him and Scary Terry are back together. Him and Ron Rivera are back together. Mm-hmm. Who drafted him in Carolina. Terry uh, McLaurin is, is an excellent young wide receiver. However, he was starting to get double teamed towards the end of the year. Putting Curtis Samuel in there on the other side is going to free them up or him up uh, a lot. Then they also went out and got Lamar Miller. The a, you. A good... Uh, veteran running back to back up Antonio Gibson, who came out of nowhere last mm-hmm. year and looks like a number one running back. Out of Memphis. Kind of an exciting offense there in Washington. Uh, and with the draft 
their draft pick is what? 19. 19th. They have 19th, 51st, the 74th, and the 82nd. Four draft picks in the top 100. Pretty pretty well. Good ammo to move up. Uh, I like, even though you just mentioned Jalen Waddell going to New York, I like Jalen Waddell falling, or at least a couple picks, or if Washington moves up and they go get him. It could happen. And then you got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jalen Waddell. No matter who's in the pocket then, you, that that passer just became better. Yep. Um, I, I, I do love the potential of this Washington team. However, I think Dallas is the clear favorite yeah. for this division. And they might, it might be a five, six win, six win team this year. And they're going to miss the playoffs. However, as long as they get a young quarterback in there behind Fitzmagic, they've got all these weapons on offense. The defense is already very solid defense. Uh, they're, they're poised to make a push here in a couple of years. And that 5-6-1 season probably would put them at second place in the division. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll go down to the cellar of the NFC least <laughs> and pull out the Philadelphia Eagles. I will start out by saying they will be last place in their division next year. They are in cap hell and can't do anything. It might, they, be, might be the worst team in the league. I would believe in that. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, they have Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Up in the air, who knows? I mean, he didn't blow anybody out of the water. He didn't play bad, though. Uh, they added Anthony Harris safety out of Minnesota. He's decent. He'll start right away for him. They did lose Jalen Mills, Malik Jackson, and they've cut Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. They're back to having no wide receivers again for a third straight year. They're trying to ship out Ertz, which I don't I understand why the money, but he's a good player. You if you want to win, you would keep him on the team. I think like internally too. I don't know exactly what the market for Ertz is right now. I don't know how many people are gonna give you what you want in return. His market's a seventh round pick right? because everybody knows you want to get rid of exactly. Them. So yeah, they're just Eagles are in a bad place. They have the sixth overall pick, the thirty seventh pick, seventieth and eighty fourth, so that's four in the top one hundred. It's not bad. They, I have him taking Kyle Pitts, as I talked about earlier. Tight end slash wide receiver. Just get that man the ball. It'll help him. But, uh, yeah, they're not going to finish any higher than fourth in the, the division. I could see them maybe trying to go get Marcus Mariota to back up Jalen Hurts. Is he – he's still in Las Vegas, right? He's in Las Vegas. But he's available. They asked him to take a $8 million pay cut, and he said, no way. Huh. <laughs> no. They're, they're, Las Vegas is definitely going to move one of those quarterbacks, whether yeah. it's him or Derek, Derek uh, Carr. Yeah. No, so, they, yeah, the Eagles are just – they're not the Eagles that we used to know. They're the Boo Birds again. I, I'm with you on that one. Um, Sirianni needs to, I feel like, just in, invest in Jalen, at least for a season. Because yeah, you like what, what you got. Because what you're saying, you're probably already going to be bottom of this division and maybe not the entire league, but – Probably one of the bottom two or three teams in the NFC, mm-hmm. at least. So invest, see what you have there. Because you think back to that that play-in game when it came down to uh, the Eagles playing the Giants at the end of last year, and if they would have mm-hmm. won that game, they would have gotten like the wild cards, yeah. or they would have won the division over the Redskins yep. or the the football team, excuse me. Um, 
And in that fourth quarter, I think Jalen attempted like two passes. And I don't know if that was Doug Peterson just giving his like final fuck you out the, going out the door or something. <laughs> but I think Jalen has the tools. And, yeah. And now, yeah, he might not have the weapons around him. They need to. That's a, that'll be his downfall. And that'll be can the you downfall. Judge him yeah. for that. Yeah. They. Uh, yeah, they're just they're done. <laughs> but every year, every year I say that they're going to be terrible. They surprised me. The year they won the Super Bowl, I had them picking number one overall in the preseason. Wow. So if any team was going to surprise me, I'd also say it'd be them because I have such low expectations for them. Okay, so I just thought of something kind of fun here that we can do. Um, I feel like we should do this probably every week as we go through these different divisions. We're not exactly sure what COVID protocol will allow for these different teams this year, depending on exactly where they are throughout the country and what different states' regulations um, allow. But... Assuming that stadiums are at least allowed to maybe go up to like 50% capacity with fans in the AFC East, which team do you think benefits most by having fans back in the stadium? I know Buffalo had some last year and that seemed to be really good for them. I know they got, you know, they're out in the parking lot, they're going through tables, Mm -hmm. they're like having so much fun tailgating. Um, So do we think it's Buffalo or do we think a team like New England who who weren't allowed to have any fans back in the stadium or last year? Yeah. You think it's New England? Morgan? I think it's New England. The, the team is a new team. Yeah. The fans want to see their new players. They haven't yeah. seen them in over a year. Yeah, I bet there'd be bring, a lot of cam jerseys. That's yeah, gonna be, bring a lot of energy into that stadium if, if fans are allowed there. Okay, Absolutely. and then what do we think for the um, NFC East? Which team? Dallas had like twenty thousand people at their stadium, but their stadium has never helped them win. I think it'd be Washington. Uh, yeah, Washington. I, you're right. There is really no home field advantage at, in Dallas because it's such a big stadium. You can get a lot of road um, fans in yeah. there. And two, I just feel like there's so much, like half the people who are going to Cowboys games are either going for just like the social event or like they're, yeah. it's kind of like a, you always hear this with the Super Bowl, but then it's like a very corporate crowd mm-hmm. where there's just a bunch of people there trying to work business deals and schmooze and not really pay attention and get up and yell and stuff. So I don't think it's the Cowboys. What did you say? Who do you think it is? I, I think it's Washington. And, okay. And this might actually tie in if, if they have a new name by, by the season too. That, again, that will bring a lot of energy. Absolutely. I know people hate Daniel Snyder, and he is one of the worst owners in sports. Yeah. But I feel like Washington has always had really, really loyal fans. Well, imagine their first home game this year. They get to raise the banner of division champs. Ooh, when was the last yeah. time they get to do, got wow, to do that? you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm with you on that one then. Yeah, Washington. Yeah. And that's it. FedEx, State, FedEx Field Stadium, whatever it's named, it's a huge stadium. I think you can pack like 90,000 people in that place. So even if it's 50%, that's about as – I mean, if you're putting 45,000 people in there, that's like yeah. three-fourths of how many people go to Seahawks games. Yeah, so. that's very true. That's very true. All right, guys. Well, that's that's episode two of uh, Hey Football Head. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week for episode three. Um, we're really excited that we're doing this show. We lo- we love doing this every week, talking football. The more episodes, the further down the rabbit hole we go into the draft. Absolutely. I, you know, it's funny the first week you came so prepared with all these notes and whatnot, really made me like just hit the hit the grindstone. <laughs> hit the books on on this episode too. Even though sometimes I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about, I'm doing the research. Max is uh, <laughs> refreshing Shefty's Twitter feed <laughs> every hour. <laughs> I got Adam on speed dial. There we so, go. Uh, nice. No, we nice. go way back. Um, but yeah, uh, listeners, if, if if you're enjoying yourself, please please keep listening. Uh, rate, uh, review, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, and and send in 
you know, questions. If you have questions or ideas, uh, maybe some opinions that we've thrown out here you don't like. Uh, maybe we, you know. Call us out. Maybe you're an Eagles fan and, you know, you want to, you know, take us uh, out for a Philly cheesesteak or something. <laughs> but, uh, again, we, we look forward to, to being back for episode three next week. Yeah, we'll look further more into the draft. I think we're going to break down quarterbacks next week. I'll have a new mock draft. Yeah. Your mock draft changes like every day. Every week. I try to do it. Nice. And we'll Um, do two more divisions. Yep. uh, Yeah, and then we'll do the the division by division. We'll continue. We're going to do the AFC North and NFC North. AFC North and NFC North. Yep. Absolutely. Right on. Well, uh, until next week, uh, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya.